Welcome. Rochelle here to share another inspiring episode. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. Women, we got this. And to the men listening, we are grateful for your involvement. To date, Celine is our youngest Insta Summer guest, and she has an abundance of insight to share. While being a social media manager, she's discovered what she is good at and now what she wants to focus on. One thing led to the other, and she's been processing her next moves and how best to roll in what she's learned and what makes up a healthy balance. And for the record, Celine has the best giggle and a wicked playful side, which speaks to me greatly. on a Zoom chat about podcasting. She's our next guest in the Insta Summer Series. Here's what I know about Celine. She loves purple. I'm going to say especially lavender if you look at her feed. She helps clients by managing their social media and teaching the rest of us a thing or two about these sometimes confusing waters of social media. She's playful and inspiring. A great combo if you ask me. I'm looking forward to getting to know her better. Welcome to the show, Celine. Aw, thank you. <laughs> Those are all lovely things. <laughs> and isn't that a great way to get started? To just like, you know, like this is how somebody else who doesn't really know you, this is the first time we've, I mean, we did connect a little bit on that one Zoom call, but you know, this is like a, a me and you, a one-on-one connection time and this is how someone who really doesn't know you sees you. So I think that is so lovely to, to start out with some, you know, positivity, such a good thing, right? Yeah. Positivity and warm fuzzies. I love it. It's a great start. All that, all that good stuff. Is there anything you want us to know before we get started? Um, I guess that my name is, Celine Marie Baumgartner. So like if you go to my Instagram, you'll see Celine Marie, but my full name is Celine Marie Baumgartner. I'm a proud Ithaca College grad. Go Bombers. Um, (laughs) And I'm still figuring it out. Oh, gosh. (laughs) That right there. I'm still figuring it out. I've got some years on you and I'm still figuring it out. So I, I think that really is one of the reasons we're even here in the first place. It's to spend the time we're here figuring it out, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. however long that is, however long you get in this life, hopefully you are spending it figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Three words you would use to describe yourself. Um, I would say passionate for sure. Um, Kooky and fun loving. (laughs) Yes, I have seen a couple kooky and fun-loving posts from you. And I thought, okay, there we go. There's a kindred (laughs) spirit right there. And listener, I just want you to know, Celine, true to form, has on lavender right now as we speak. She has on lavender. Oh, my gosh. It's it's lovely. A lovely little top there to set off the beautiful red hair that you have. I mean, we have to throw that in there. (laughs) people need to go you need to go check her out uh, her Instagram page and we'll put all that in the show notes and all that good stuff 
Those are fun words, very fun words. Okay, now this is going to be especially kooky because I don't know you at all. So you're going to say three things. I'm going to, we've got two truths and a lie. You probably played this before. I'm going to see if I can ferret out the, the lie. Okay, so number one, I've driven across the country solo from Los Angeles to South Carolina. So solo cross-country road trip, number one. Um, (laughs) Number two, uh, I can ride a bike. Number three, I trained as a professional ballerina for over 10 years. Oh, my gosh. Okay, cross-country solo, um, trained for ballerina for 10 years. And that middle one was, what was the middle one? I can ride a bike. Oh, you can ride a bike. Okay, that that one just like hmm, this that could be oh that could be one of those ones that's that you throw in there and you can't actually ride a bike. Okay, okay. I think you can ride a bike. I think you were a ballerina, but maybe it was nine years, seven years. Okay, I'm gonna say, even though I think you could drive based on our little pre-talk there, I think you could drive from Los Angeles to South Carolina. I'm still gonna say that's the lie. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, well that okay. So you drove from okay, so we'll start from the top. You drove from Los Angeles to South Carolina by yourself. Did yeah. your parents want you to call every five hours just to, you know, let them know the, the whereabouts and you're safe and all that good stuff? Yeah, I was definitely on the phone for the majority of that road trip, <laughs> calling my mom and my grandparents. Um, my granddad, when he, cause he was still alive at the time, he was so worried, um, but he never said like, you know, you can't do it. Like you need someone. He was like, oh, like, okay, just like call me. <laughs> Oh, Um, but yeah. Oh, well, good for you. I mean, that's really, that takes a lot of staying power, you know? Yeah. And um, I think it helped too, because like on the way there, because first of all, I went to LA for uh, a semester, like abroad through Ithaca College. Um, So like I was in the communications school because I was a communications major And so like different programs that they had, one of them was you could be in LA for a semester and intern, like while you do classes. Um, So I had a few internships during the spring and then also the summer of 2018. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. So you had, and isn't that funny that LA would be considered abroad and yet from upstate New York, LA probably seems like it, not just in geography, but also in culture. I mean, it's just such a different kind of a place. Oh, yeah. Um, LA was definitely uh, a little bit of a culture shock. Um, But I think (laughs) I've done enough like traveling that like I'm used to being like plopped into a new place. Um, But yeah, LA is a lot of fun. I enjoyed it so much that I stayed for the summer. (laughs) So okay. Yeah, but my mom and I drove there. And then I had to drive back solo. I didn't okay. have to, but I did. <laughs> you chose to. You chose to. Well, good for you. Good for yeah. you. Okay. So now I'm intrigued by the riding the bike. Can you ride a bike? Um, yeah, I can't. Oh, um, see, my first instinct. My, <laughs> it was like the red herring or whatever. I don't know. Whatever the analogy is. Okay. You can't. Okay. So just 
it never appealed to you. It just, just it compounded upon itself. And now it's a thing. And it's just like, no, I don't ride a bike. I mean, my like dad tried to teach me, but then I fell. Oh. Um, and like, after that, like, people have always tried to teach me like uh, a teacher at school, like kids that I babysat, which was like funny, but embarrassing at the same time. Um, But yeah, I just, I can't get on the bike and the balance and it's a heavy piece of equipment. Um, But one day, because my dream is like to be in like New York city or London and like bike everywhere or like bike on the beach. Like, I just want to be that girl with a basket and like her fruit and book. Like I want to be that girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't ride a bike. Uh, okay. All right. That, that, okay. And I look forward to hearing about when you conquer that. Anybody who can drive cross country by themselves, I'm telling you right now, can ride a bike for sure. One day. Okay. okay, one day, one day. It's on the list. It made the list. I like that it made the list. Even if it's not attainable at this moment in time, it's still on the list. Okay, which brings exactly. us to you did train to be a ballerina for 10 years. That means you made it to, you know, toe shoes and the whole deal. Oh, yeah. Um, I begged and begged and begged to do ballet. And it wasn't until my mom took me to the Nutcracker and it was a matinee performance. And so like after we got to go on stage and like meet the characters. And so the little six-year-old me, I went up to the artistic director and I said, hi, like, can I dance at your ballet school? And he looked at my mom, looked at me and was like, sure. And then my mom had to like make it work because, you know, juggling two kids and being a doctor and two full-time parents, it's hard, but yeah. So, and she made it happen for you because you, you, you asked. And my goodness, the courage and bravery that it took in that moment to, as six year old, to talk to an adult, somebody who clearly is sort of in charge, so to speak, and to say, I want to do this too. Oh, that's just priceless right there. Yeah. Um, I, there's a quote that Nina Simone has, and it's something along the lines of like, uh, kids don't have fear or like fear is like being a child. Cause like children don't have fear. Um, which like, I'm sure some kids do, but like as a kid, like I totally, like I was that child. Like I had no fear really to like, not do things. Um, and my mom pushed me too, but, um, yeah. Well, and that's, that's something that we talk about on the, on this show. And that's part of the, even the title unabashed you it's about Mm -hmm. all the yous out there being unapologetic for, for being playful. Mm -hmm. Whimsy is part, one of the best parts of life. Why would we, we just kind of, I don't, it's a process, obviously when kids, our kids, and then they grow into, you know, adolescence and all that. But somewhere along the way, they do start worrying or being fearful about what does this look like to other people? What are other people going to think? No, I shouldn't say that. No, I shouldn't do that. I mean, there's all this self-talk that starts happening. And then we stop playing why? Why would we do that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I have been known 
by my, you know, friends and family to just be silly. And they, you know, they, they indulge me. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, they indulge me. And some of them are silly too, which is great. So yeah, hey, you got to be you. That's just so important. And that is something I felt in you. It's like, I think she's whimsical here. I think think we've got a, a, you know, a sister in whimsy right here. Okay, let's see if that bears true with this. One of your favorite movies of all time. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I, this was very quick, um, but I guess all time favorite movie. And I'm going to say like trilogy of movies as well is the Anne of Green Gables like movies. Um, Yeah. And I'll tell you why is like, so my grandparents, like that was the movie that like they would put on as like the first movie. (laughs) And like, of course, because like I'm a redhead, like, and I'm just kind of like whimsical or whimsy as you describe. I'm just, I'm me. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I just fell in love with the first movie and then we discovered there were two more. And so like every time I would like spend time with my grandparents, like, Oh, granddaddy, like, can we put on Anne of Green Gables? Like, and he would just fall asleep because it would be like the 10th time, (laughs) but yeah, favorite movie, favorite trilogy. I love Megan follows. Like she's absolutely stunning and gorgeous and yeah. Isn't that interesting? We we had another redhead on earlier. I, I can't really cite the episode. The Birth of a Friendship is the name of the episode. But she cited that same movie as her favorite because also she mentioned the red hair, you know, like mm-hmm. feeling a, a connection uh, in part because of that. Yeah, I definitely uh, can relate to that because I was always like the weird girl in school and like, I super weird, like um, none of the boys would talk to me. Like I wasn't the cool girl. I was like the weird girl that would like sing the same song all week because it was stuck (laughs) in my head. And, um, but like watching that movie, I was like, I don't think I realized it until later in life, like maybe like even like my freshman year of college, but like that movie kind of taught me that like, it's okay to be weird and unapologetically you, yes. the point of this podcast or one of the main points. Yes. So um, yeah, so it's yes. a wonderful movie. <laughs> That's great. And I love that that movie and the arts can do that really speak something into you that you then take with you. And it becomes like a little part of who you are, a little fiber of your being. And and what a great positive impact that movie had. Yeah. And to talk about like the arts and it being a part of you, um, that like with ballet, like that was my identity for like over 10 years, a little bit over 10 years, because like that is what I did like six days a week, Mm. you know? Um, And so like, uh, long story short, I um, got an injury from doing ballet, um, a peroneal nerve uh, mm. overstretched in my right leg. So I couldn't do point work. Oh. Um, but so what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So after like not uh, being a ballerina and like quitting, um, it, w- mm. it hurt because like then I had to go to college and I never thought that college was 
like on my direct path. So I like went to college, but I still like identified as a ballerina, even though I wasn't dancing. Um, but then I found swing dancing. So like I like <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Like love dancing it. is always it's I love swing. I could geek off about swing. But now like I'm instead of a ballerina, I'm a dancer because I swing dance and I still have a ballet style. I do East Coast and Lindy solo jazz. So like now instead of being this like one specific thing, like at, like being a dancer is also part of me as well as like a social media manager and like a daughter and everything else that makes right. me me, you know, right. and you did musical theater. And so I'm sure yes. that's still part oh, of yes. me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That is incredible that you've really, you know, something that you did, something unexpected took you to a different place, a place where you didn't, it, it's so interesting how our lives unfold that way. Events happen. No, I thought I was going this way. Well, no, you can't go that way anymore. You now have to go this way. And it, it, it seems to me more often than not, and maybe nine times out of 10, I'm not good with my statistics, but it seems that it ends up working out for good. Mm. Even though it's like, no, I, I was headed to be a ballerina. Well, no, you, you're you got to go this way now. And it, look how great it is. I want to see a reel of swing dancing. I'm placing in my order. I, I used to have one and um, I have like a trans, like, I have different like layers of like my uh, professional Instagram, but I did have a reel of me swing dancing. And that was like the first one that like went viral for my like page. Um, but I should, because yes. that is a big part of me. Yes. <laughs> I'm, entertaining. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, putting, <laughs> I'm placing my order right now. Okay. All right. Name a woman that inspires you. Uh, my mother. Oh, <laughs> um, that's so lovely. I, I can't think of anyone. I mean, there are people that are, there are so many inspiring women, but the first one that came to mind was my mom. Um, cause she has been through so friggin' much and I don't know how she like got through like any of it. Um, so I like my mom, uh, left home when she was like 16, 17. Cause like her and my grandma, like didn't really get along. Okay. Um, my mom's super smart. She won like all these awards in school, but she left home, went to the university of South Carolina and like paid for her college on her own because she wanted to be a doctor. Right. Wow. Um, so when she was in school, like there weren't a lot of women be like wanting to become doctors or like maybe not wanting, but like taking that path. Right. Um, because that wasn't like a thing, like women weren't medical professionals. Um, so just like her life in terms of like going to medical school as a woman and several people telling her no, like go to textile school instead. Um, you know, and then my mom kind of like raising my brother and I as a single parent, kind of most likely for sure. Um, 
I, there's just so many stories about my mom and she's just inspiring. And every time I think about her and like anything she's gone through, I'm like, if my mom can do that, I can, I can go through pretty much anything. So my mom's. That's wonderful that she is the inspiration for you. That's your, your go-to. And like you said, there are a lot of other women that are inspiring, but so close to home. I mean, your mom, that you saw her do all these things. And it wasn't even like she set out to do them to impress you or even inspire you. She was being herself and she knew what she wanted to do. And so she went after it and she also raised you and you said you had a brother is a brother yeah came okay came. oh cool yeah okay and so she did all that she could do and more to attain those goals and then also to successfully raise you both the best she could in the situation she found herself in which definitely is very inspiring and I'm 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 looking forward to when she gets to listen to this and gets to hear this part of how inspirational she's been to you. That's wonderful. And no doubt she has inspired others too, just by being who she is. And, and that's, the, that's the, really the best way being yourself is yeah. such a great way for other people that you don't even realize you have any kind of impact. You're just, you're just, going through it. But then she also had very high expectations of herself in her professional life. And I'm only going to guess that that translated over to her personal life as well. Anybody who has that kind of that goal and to, to, to reach that at a time when it wasn't commonplace, that's going to translate and transfer very much so into her personal life too. So I have no doubt she's of the, you know, has high, uh, high character values that she's imparted in you as well. So that's really beautiful. I love yeah. that. I love that. And I say that, I say that <laughs> so much. I can't help it. They got to come up with another phrase that has that same, <laughs> that has that same meaning. Otherwise I'm going to have to keep saying it. All right. A piece of wisdom you keep handy. Um. So I, uh, it took me a while to think of something but um, a few, maybe a year ago now, um, I was kind of like on LinkedIn, like networking with like other Ithaca College alumni. Um, and at the time I was starting to like work and like work online and be like a social media manager and like helping entrepreneurs. And I was going through this nasty thing <laughs> called imposter syndrome. Oh. Um, uh, so, um, anyway, I was connecting with an alumni and we were talking about it and he, like after our call, he sent me an email and it made me cry <laughs> oh, <laughs> because no. like in a good way, because oh, I was okay. like, like, I was like, wow, like, you know, this is such valuable, like insight um, so I was hoping if you don't mind, if I could read please, a bit of, please, <laughs> yes, yes. I don't uh, mind. I can't wait to hear it. Um, okay. So let's start here. We are all works in progress and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that even though we may be entrusted with a lot of responsibilities, we each have room for improvement. So my advice is to 
adjust your mentality whenever imposter syndrome enters, rather a testament to your desire to always be improving and your drive to never settle for where you are currently. It may take some time to change your way of thinking, but everything in life is a progress. So embrace the challenge. Um, I just thought that is beautiful. It is beautiful. And Um, the fact that he took this time to write this very, it's more than well-worded. I mean, he's, he's speaking life into you. Mm-hmm. And, and look, here it is over a year later, and you're, you're still referring back to it as, as something that somebody invested some time in you by digging deep and, and saying some things that it was a he, that he, yeah. that he mm-hmm. wanted you to hear and to know And now you, now they're in your wheelhouse. Yeah. um, I look at this quote once a week. Um, Just, yeah, because like, I think I just can be very insecure. And I think a lot of that comes from ballet and like striving to be the best and be perfect and have, you know, just like have, uh, perfection. And Mm -hmm. like when Mike was talking to me, it made me realize that like, you know, it's okay if you don't know everything. And like, instead of like striving, like for perfection, like take that perfection as like you not settling. And Mm -hmm. like, that's okay to like, keep diving and working hard to like, be the best that you can. So um, anyway, it was just a beautiful email. I cried. I look at this once a week. <laughs> that is very telling that you go back to it once a week and it fills you up again. Exactly. And I was listening to um, Christine O'Donnell's podcast, Podcast Coaching with Christine. And she, um, one of her recent episodes is with um, Pat Mitchell. Um, and she was talking about how like when women go to apply for a job, like if it says, I think the example she used was if there's like five years experience and let's say I'm applying for the position, like as women, like if we don't have that experience, that five years and we only have three years, we just want to apply. Whereas like a man, if a man applies, like he'll go and apply because he knows that he can learn it. And like, do it. And that's what she said. And I was like, wow, like, um, cause I think she said there were like surveys or studies about it, but that makes so much sense. And I remember college professors telling me like, if there are certain requirements that you don't fully meet, like apply, but it was interesting when she said like a man would just apply. Um, wouldn't even think about it, would just do it. And yeah, oh, that is really interesting. I don't think I've heard that episode. So I'm gonna have to circle back to that one. Okay, that's fantastic. I love it. I mean, that is another thing I love. Another thing I love. All right, now it's time to take the deep dive into your passion. And it it sounds like you've got some varied passions, which is wonderful. But the thing that you're doing Mm -hmm. on Instagram is you have become a social media manager. And it sounds like you studied that some in school and your communications major and through your internships. How did you decide to take what you learned there or had you gone to school knowing this is what you wanted to do? How did that even get started? 
becoming a social media manager? And what does that look like for people who may not know what that looks like? Um, So I have definitely like, in terms of learning how to become a social media manager, when I first started, I definitely took stuff from college, but a lot of it was um, just taking the initiative to like learn like how. So when I started like working online, it was because of the pandemic. And I was like, how can I like make money remotely from home? Um, And so a lot of my uh, internship experiences and like other experiences from college, like I, it was social media related, whether it was coming up with a post for a brand or whether it was engaging with people on Twitter, um, like I've had different experiences. And so I was like, okay, like this is something that I know is needed. Let's see if I can like you know, get clients and like work with people. Um, so the first person I actually had as a client was a old acquaintance of mine. Um, and he needed someone that was a virtual assistant slash social media person. So I said, yes. Um, and I just like, you know, learned because there are different courses out there, but a lot of it, like, I learned from college, but I feel like anyone can be a social media manager. It's just like learning um, what not to do. And from there, you can make it better. Um, So ever since then, like I've just been working with clients and trying to better my craft. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And two, like I haven't been as active lately And it's kind of because I'm shifting maybe my focus Um, because like with social media, like there's always, um, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're a brand or anybody, like there's always going to be a goal um, for your content, right? Like it's always going to go back to something else um, because you want to have purposeful content out there, right? Um, So I'm kind of like taking a step back to really think about like where I want, like, hopefully my business to go. Um, Because being a social media manager, I'm always online. And at times, like, it's really heightened my anxiety. Mm. So I'm kind of like figuring out how I can combine, like, social media and maybe like digital wellness into one sphere. Wow. That, yeah, I love that concept and topic and idea. Yes, yes because um, to, you know, to do anything, you have to, you know, kind of keep it out there. How do you keep it out there? Social media. And yet, at the, on the other hand, like how much time do you want to invest in that versus the content? It's such a... Oh my gosh. That's why in your intro, I said these confusing waters of social media, because it's, it's a necessity. I mean, it just Mm -hmm. is. And yet it's also, gosh, how much time do I want to spend on this? And what, you know, am I, am I having impact, you know, Mm -hmm. and can you even just measure that through the numbers? I mean, how are you, how do you, that's a good question for you. How do you measure if you're having impact for your clients? 
Well, it depends on like what the client's goals are. So for the first client I had ever, Elliot, he's a creative entrepreneur. So he makes costumes, he makes like props, he makes like all these beautiful like projects and things. Mm -hmm. And so like for him, his goal was just to have more reach. So to measure that, you... I just go into his Instagram insights and like look at his analytics and just see how many people were reaching, what people like the most, and just making sure that like his art is being put out there and his account is slowly growing. Um, so that's kind of how I measure that through um, Elliot. But like for an entrepreneur, like it depends on like, let's say what their business goals are. So like if you're launching a course, um, like from that post, like having it go back to the course in some way and measuring to see how many people came from Instagram and how many people clicked on that link to go to your course to sign up. So it honestly just depends on what your goal at your, what your goal is as an entrepreneur or creative, or service provider, or whoever you are. Um, yeah. Well, I love it. Sounds like that, you know, when you start out with a client, you are asking them, what are your goals? Because that's mm -hmm. going to look different for each person. Not only that, but then how you measure that, it sounds like it's going to look different depending on what the goal is. Of course. It's definitely the number one thing is what is your goal through social media and posting um, because posting to post doesn't help. And that's something that I realized. And so that's why I stopped because I'm still like figuring out what I want my strategy to be. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And I want to ask you about the digital wellness. Tell me about that. Yeah. So from being a social media manager and like being online all the time, this is like really honest, but I've come to strongly dislike Instagram. <laughs> like I, I hate it. I, I hate it. Um, so that's why I changed my like bio to transforming your love, hate social media relationship to a positive experience and tool for your business. Yeah. Because, I just read that like, this morning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because like with Elliot, like he kept telling me like Elliot, my first client, he was like, I hate social media. It takes so much time, like blah, 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 blah. And so from like working with him and like getting new clients, like being on Instagram all the time, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, like I hate it. Like it can be so <laughs> toxic and, you know, comparing yourself to like everyone else and like the content you see, like, um, so like, that's kind of what I want to do is like to help people like navigate this world of social media and, you know, feel good about it. Because like you said, like, you have to have mm. a social presence these days. And for some people, like for employers and even clients, like if you don't have like, any kind of like social, like anything for a person to see, it's kind of fishy and weird. Um, so yeah strange isn't okay it? so you're gonna learn it is it is so you're gonna kind of learn more about digital wellness and what that looks like does that at this time what does that look like for you to 
learn more about that? Are you like processing ideas? Are you thinking time in in the sense of, uh, you know, digital wellness looks like being on your device this range of time versus, you know, I mean, you could spend an eight hour day, truly. I mean, you could. Especially, you know, these people that have thousands of followers, I honestly don't know how that happens. I mean, I know how it happens, but I don't know how you navigate that and keep that sustainable, I guess. So continue to flesh out digital wellness as you're heading in that direction, because I I can't wait to hear about that. I mean, I want to subscribe to digital wellness. (laughs) Well, yeah, like. I just think it's something that we need to have and probably should have in our educational system is digital wellness. And so like, basically I stumbled across digital wellness because I didn't even know there was such a thing like digital wellness. Like what the heck is that? Um, So I, I think it was like from Instagram, I saw that there was a digital wellness summit. Um, So I like did a few events and I was like, oh, like this thing, like digital wellness and like making sure like we're feeling good from our devices and like have a healthy relationship with them. So I want to do that for social media in terms of like monitoring like your usage. Like, are you showing up purposely, like, for example, scrolling, like you can mindlessly scroll on Instagram and TikTok and a lot of social platforms because that's how they're designed. But what I've personally done is to make sure when I'm going on Instagram, like I have a goal and a purpose. So I'm going to check like this client's insights or I'm going to go on TikTok to look for a sound for a reel. So I'm being very deliberate and purposeful in what I'm doing. And I think it's so easy for people to get stuck mindlessly scrolling. And from there, there's like this spiral of like finding, let's just use like an example of like finding someone that you want to be like. And so you go on that person's profile and then you can go into the spiral of like comparing and like not thinking that you're good enough and like all these other things. So with social media and digital wellness, I'm hoping to either coach or create a course, hopefully to help service providers and entrepreneurs like battle that because I think there's so many people that have such a love hate relationship with social media, but like the the caveat is like, we have to be on it. We have to use it to promote our services and to just be a part of society. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, that's fantastic that that you heard about it on your favorite platform. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite. Yeah. (laughs) And, but, and now it's intrigued you to the point where not only is it speaking to you personally, but it's speaking to you professionally. You want to, know more about this thing so that you can then turn around and share it with the rest of us so that we can uh, understand it better and then also apply it because, you know, it's, it's it's nice to to read good things and, you know, but if you can really impart some knowledge and practical tips 
that would uh, help us be digitally well, which would be wonderful. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I will sign up for that course for sure. <laughs> so you've got your first, yeah. you've got your first uh, bookie <laughs> right here. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. So are you still trying to grow your social media manager business? Um, I think for the past few weeks, that's kind of what I've been trying to like figure out um, whether, yeah, because like I've learned that social media can be very mentally exhausting and draining and anxiety provoking, (laughs) but like learning the digital wellness and like how important it is. I think that this is something that should be talked about and should be put in schools because like, I, I'm a millennial, like I grew up, you know, being able to like play outside and like have freedom from technology. So I think with, you know, Gen Z and the generations to come, it's important to have that education. So like, if I stay being in the social media space, I definitely want to like, transition from social media manager to maybe education and coaching or combine the two. Mm, um, but it's definitely, yeah, but it's definitely been something I've been contemplating because like, why stay doing something that you don't like doing? So that's the other thing. Right. Well, and the trick is you, you now have clients. This is you're you're now being paid mm-hmm. to do this thing. And so pivoting, you know, may just, dis- rub that obviously. So that that's got to be weighed out as well. But you you just kind of hit the nail on the head in that you don't, you're not necessarily enjoying this, you know, per se, or you're not, we don't even have to per se it. (laughs) We can just just say it, we can say it. And, And I, I, I mean, I understand you know, what you're, what you're saying and that darn algorithm. I, I just, I've, I've even, I've written about it on a blog. I've, you know, it's, I don't even have a love hate relationship with the algorithm. I don't, cause I don't love it. I don't understand. Well, I don't even, you know what? I don't want to understand it. I really don't. I really <laughs> don't want to understand it. I just know that it's a thing that it it has its own science behind it. And it's probably mathematical, statistical, all those things that whatever side of the brain you have or don't have. I mean, I'm not good at that side of the brain and I'm okay with that. Um, But at the same time, you recognize that you know, you are wanting to share, and I think of it as sharing. And it, you can use the word promote, but it's it's sharing. There's so much goodness and great stuff out there to share and to be inspired by and have impact by. Um, it sounds like you're wanting to head a little more into that arena with the digital wellness. I, I, I think it's only the it's only going to increase the desire to be digitally well. So I think you're hitting this at an excellent time because it is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's true. And, you know, I was talking with um, a woman that was part of this digital wellness summit and we were talking and she was like, yeah, digital wellness is not sexy. It's not something that people are going to like come crawling to you about at first, but like it is needed and it is something that is growing. Um, so yeah, I agree and we'll see. Um, yeah, life is like this. So who knows where right. I will go? Oh, well, you were so wonderful. I, I, this is, is one of the things I do like about Instagram mm-hmm. is being able to connect with people like yourself and um, this whole thing of being able to, you know, take some time in real time, look at each other, talk, know that I'm going to get to work on this and get it out there. That is something I would say that I, that I do love because I love women. I love being able to help them be whoever they are. Like we said, without apology, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I still have to learn is like not apologize for things that I don't need to. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Um, I agree. I agree. I agree. All the way. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. 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 And it's a process. It's ongoing. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've I've caught myself lately going, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. (laughs) Not in the heat of anger or anything, but just in the habit, the habit of saying I'm sorry for something. No, I'll say to my husband, no, I'm actually not sorry for that. But, But it's not, it's not mean. It's just, I'm trying to teach myself to stop apologizing things I don't need to be apologetic for. I mean, sometimes you have a behavior and it's like, you know, I, I, I would like to apologize for that because that didn't come out very kind or the way I wanted it to come out. That's different. I'm talking about, we're talking about being who you are. That is not to be apologized for. The weirdo, the whatever. And I can't even imagine you were ever a weirdo. No way. There's no way you were a cool, <laughs> but kid. it's okay to be weird. It is. Well, like, like that. Yes, it is. Yes. Because what yes. is weird and what is cool. Yes. Like, I will. Yes. Like I'm strange, like, but that's okay. Because, cause I feel like too, the other day I was, cause I like to say that I'm weird because like people think it's a bad thing. And I'm like, wait a second. Like <laughs> it's not because when I'm saying I'm being weird, it's because I'm being me. Because what is normal? So yes. I'll, I'll say I'm weird all day long. Yes. Uh, yes. And it's okay. <laughs> yes. You're, you're being playful. You're being yourself. And there is not one thing wrong with that. And I, yeah. I, I'm so glad you are. And don't you ever stop. And don't you ever be apologetic for it, for sure. Well, I'm looking forward to some future conversations because this yeah, this really brought up some great stuff. And I'm looking forward to kind of circling back when you got, you know, more hooks into this digital wellness and seeing what that looks like. Thank you, Celine, yeah. for your time. Oh, my gosh, this was such a pleasure, such an honor to get to talk to you. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all the great, weird, wonderful things that you're going to come up with. Thank you. This was lovely. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
Bye. Celine talks about digital wellness, and I could not have been more intrigued. Cannot wait until she builds her course so I can be a student. I want to learn how to juggle sharing unabashed view on social media while being healthy and doing so. There are many positive aspects to Instagram. I'd like some best practices to keep things in check. Maybe you feel the same. The Unabashed You website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode. Each episode's audio is embedded on its own page at unabashedyou.com. You can find these episodes on other podcast platforms. We invite you to follow, rate, review, and share. Social media accounts, Instagram at unabashedyou, Facebook is Rochelle Renee, R-E-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-E-N-A-E, and the page is Unabashed You, Twitter at Rochelle Renee. We depend on website visits, social media, and word of mouth to share these episodes. We're grateful for growth, knowing these conversations help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. So continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our blessing. Guess today we're going to be thankful for social media. As we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. Amen. And that is by John F. Kennedy. So when you go out into the social media waters, be unabashed. Be unabashed.